What does God really think about you? Do you think you've made so many mistakes that he must hate you by now? Has the pain, shame, and guilt of your past held you in captivity and left you wondering if there's any hope left for you? Maybe you're one of those who've been so hurt by church leaders and church people that you have all but given up on God. Well, I'm here to tell you that today is turnaround time. This is where we draw a line in the sand and tell the enemy it's this far and no more. This is the Sounds of Surviving Overcomers Overcome podcast. So, so, and I'm your host, Melinda Brown. So glad you are with me again for another podcast. I know it's been a few weeks. We've had Thanksgiving. Shout out to all those carbs because let me tell you, if you're like me, you're still recovering. I went to my very first Spanish food Thanksgiving. I, on a nudge of the Holy Spirit, and we'll get into what I mean when I say that in a moment. Felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say to go to my pastors for Thanksgiving. I had decided I was going to spend alone and I'm in full-time ministry school. So I figured I would catch up on homework and spend it with my dog. And whenever I was hungry, I'd go. There was a local restaurant open that I frequent and I would just go and get a to-go meal. That would be that. But on that nudge, I went over there and I ended up being so blessed. It went from being Thanksgiving, sitting around the tables eating, to having a very divine appointment with a conversation with one of the people that were there who also goes to my church and then it heated up in the kitchen real fast guys and it became a holy ghost party (laughs) his uncle was there and it got lit up fast that's all i can say about that right now i got a nudge from the holy spirit this morning to do a podcast i'm just trusting that it's his timing and his word and his heart and what he wants to say and to whom he wants to say it to, but I really got a strong sense that he wanted this story told that I had actually written out on the 22nd of November and held on to, and he wanted it told this particular day, and this would have been Tuesday. I thought, oh, okay, I'll do it, and then we'll get it out, and it'll all be, you know, like a divine appointment, and little did I know that the beginning of the process to the end of the process would be this very fun kind of journey. In just a couple of days, there were some things that that he was pointing out to me, but most importantly is that he is a personal, intimate God who is also a father, and he wants his children to know him in this season as father. He wants to bring you, if you are in a messy process or you're in a pain process right now and you're hurting out there, but you love God and you love Jesus, he wants you to know that little tiny bit of faith, he will use it. Just do not give up. The story I'm about to share, my bummer lamb story, it has everything to do with that and the impact that one person saying those words to me had on the complete trajectory of my life, the direction my life went. I don't know that it would have gone this way had I not had that moment of intimate encounter with God as father. And that was the beginning of the journey of me finding out that I am a daughter. In the beginning, you are a slave, right? You're a slave. I was a slave. I was really good at being God's puppet, at being 
obedient. God told me to do this. God told me to do that. God told me. God didn't create us so that we could all be puppets. If he did, he wouldn't have given us free will. He created us for intimate relationship. And he wanted that relationship so much. After giving us free will and all that, sin entered the world because we did have a choice. And then there was sin in the garden and da, 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 da. He wanted us to have a choice from the beginning of the world, the beginning of everything. He already planned an escape, and that would be Jesus. He would give us the Holy Spirit, who is the one who lives inside of the believer and empowers us to be overcomers. So if you're listening today and you're in a process and you believe and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And that is the empowerment to live an overcoming life to come out of your situation, to know him as father. But we don't know someone without being in relationship. And I feel like I'm getting on this little rabbit trail temporarily, but stick with me guys, because um, I feel like it's wanting to be said. It keeps bubbling up. I keep pausing, deleting, and re-recording, and the same thing comes up. I believe a word from the Lord right in this moment is he's drawing his sons and daughters in to know him as a father. That if you haven't heard his voice, what I call the nudge, and he speaks in all kinds of ways, I'm going to have an entire different podcast on that. But that's what the nudge is really all about. It's about hearing his voice, about knowing him intimately as a father, and the life or death difference that makes it in a believer's life, whether or not you run your race well or you give up. In my story, in my life, God spoke to me from a very young age, but I didn't know I was a daughter. I didn't know him as a father. And I believe he's wanting to draw you in and he wants you to spend time with him. And if you haven't heard his voice, maybe he's just drawing you close to his heart so you can hear his heartbeat. Some of us need to sit in his heartbeat for a little while and not be holy doers. Just be his. Just be his. It's making a song come to mind. The sounds of surviving. I've come to seek your face So everything else can wait I'm here for you I want to Just be fun with this. This wasn't some idea someone else gave me. It was just what I really believe the Holy Spirit was nudging for the two of us to come together and do. And he said from the very beginning, have fun, be like a child. And I love music and words matter, right? Words matter. They affect our spirits, our souls. Today, I want you to picture there's a note being written and it's being written to you and it's being left under the windshield wiper of your heart just like the note that i found on my car on that cold dark snowy evening that changed my life first the bummer lamb story and i'm going to read it to you it's actually called loved back to life by sheila walsh i'm not going to read it word for word but i am going to I'm going to point out the powerful points that stand out to me in the story. But I want you to keep in mind, too, that you may be a bummer lamb 
You may have been a bummer lamb, or maybe you're a potential shepherd, a good shepherd, that the good shepherd God wants to use as a conduit for his love to reach one of his bummer lambs. Ask him, who is that? Do you have a bummer lamb you want me to reach out to? Because you know, you gotta leave that 99 and go after that one. It matters. And it mattered in my life. All right, matters enough to read this bummer lamb story. Every once in a while, a you will give birth to a lamb and reject it. There are many reasons she may do this. If the little lamb is returned to the you, she may even kick that poor animal away. And once she rejects one of her lambs, she will never ever change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low that it looks like something is wrong with its neck. It's because their spirit is broken. These little lambs are called bummer lambs. Unless the good shepherd intervenes, that lamb will die rejected and alone. So do you know what that good shepherd does? He's going to take that little rejected lamb home with him. And then he hand feeds it and he keeps it warm by the fire. He wraps it up with blankets and he holds the little lamb close to his chest so that he or she can hear his heartbeat. And once that little lamb is strong enough, the good shepherd will place it back in the field with the rest of the flock. But that little lamb never forgets how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When he was rejected, he never forgets the one who cares for him, guys. And when that shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right, that little bummer sheep. He knows his shepherd's voice intimately. And it's not because that bummer lamb is loved more. It's not because he has loved more, my friends. It's just because he knows intimately the one who loves it. He knows and has experienced that love one-on-one. We have shepherds in our life, and that is, you know, if we go to a church, that's that's our pastor, people that are heads of the church, the leadership, and then there's the good shepherd. Jesus said, he's the good shepherd. It said, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger's they will not follow. Why do they know? Intimacy and relationship, spending time together. And that time is cultivating something inside of that little sheep that can't be cultivated any other way except through relationship, intimacy. And God wants to take the body of Christ from slave, obedience, being little puppets, to relationship, intimacy, being sons and daughters. Your identity, knowing who you belong to, to whom you belong, who's your daddy. And then when you know that, when you're firm in that and solid in that, then you realize that there's no competition out there. See, every good shepherd, every good parent has that child that's loved. You can have five children and all five think they're your favorite. I know my grandparents had nine grandchildren. Each one of us thought we were their favorite because that's what a good shepherd does. That's what a good leader does. That's what a good parent does. And God is a good father. He's a good shepherd. And there are bad shepherds out there. You know, a good shepherd will care for its little sheep. It'll leave the 99 and go after the one. A bad shepherd, when that little sheep starts to stray, will break its legs so that it can't go anywhere. So it just lays there and dies. But God. 
because I was the little I was the little lamb that was wandering and got its legs broken. But there was a good shepherd who sent a person who was obedient, who was a son, to do a thing that would change the entire trajectory of my life. So my bummer lamb story, it was a game changer in my life. When my life exploded in the year 2000, my family had fallen apart. All of the trauma from my childhood that had been pushed down for close to 30 years, it manifested itself and just my life fell apart. I had so much soul trauma that I didn't even understand. As a result, I was ostracized from my church by the, I forgive him, but that's a bad shepherd. And because of that, people within the church treated me really cruelly. I don't want to get into theologies here, but I'll tell you right now, not everybody needs to be dealt with the same way when it comes to wandering. And I'll just leave that right there. In order to avoid running into people from the church to be potentially treated very cruelly, I would go shopping for groceries and things late at night or early in the morning. It was very inconvenient, but I would rather be inconvenienced than have any more confrontations. Back then, I was a very shy, introverted, afraid of my own shadow, broken young woman who had five young kids, ages two to eight. And I needed to know that I was loved and that I mattered. And because of the way I was treated, it pushed me farther away from God. In fact, I was almost at a point on this particular day, I was at the point where I was like, if this is the way God's people are, and this is the way God is, and this is the way his church is, then I don't want anything to do with any of them. I'll keep Jesus and just get rid of the rest of them. I mean, in fact, my non-Christian, non-churched friends were loving me through my process. They were right in the mess with me and loving me. They weren't approving, but they loved me. Because listen, a person who's going through a painful thing, not making good decisions, they already know they're not making good decisions. Guilt, shame, and condemnation, the enemy's doing a good enough job on his own. He doesn't need cronies. God is looking for that heart that says, I'll go after that one. And this person did it. It was a cold, snowy night, late. Got in my car, to, or my minivan I had. I had gone grocery shopping with the kids, loaded my babies in, got in my car, and I saw that there was a little note tucked under the windshield wiper. Shaking because I was scared. I was So I was a traumatized person going through more trauma by the way it was dealt with. I grabbed this little note, and I got quickly back into the driver's seat of my car and opened the note, and it says, No matter what, God loves you and we love you. We're here for you. Call us. And it had a couple phone numbers on it. Although I never called them, in that moment, I had the revelation that God is real and he hasn't given up on me, that he loves me, that what I was experiencing and what I knew in my heart were two different things. Something wasn't right with the way I was being treated, but I knew inside that this God loved me. And I held on to that note as if it was the hem of Jesus' garment. And I held on to it for years. And when my life would go through very challenging times, I would open that little note back up and just read it. And I would remember. I would remember that game-changing moment, that crossroad in my life. Because of one obedient lover of God's heart who listened and handed love my direction in the middle of my brokenness brought me to his heart. And to this day, when I hear his voice, my spirit jumps. I get excited. I will love and honor this person and his wife for the rest of my life on this earth. 
he will get rewards in eternity for the difference he made in my life because every difference that I have made and will continue to make in other people's lives will go to his account. And I found it so exciting that it would be just like a good father, a good shepherd, God, to say, share this story on this person's birthday. And this person is now a pastor. He was just a young tattooed kid back at that time, but he's a pastor now. And I can't wait to tell you guys a testimony about all of that. But in the meantime, I will tell you his name is Pastor James Levesque. He pastors Engaging Heaven Church, the OG in New London. I know some of you are laughing, probably my own kids. Then he started, he planted another church in New Haven, Connecticut. He has one in Missoula, Montana, and you've got to go there. Oh my gosh, I've got a story about Jen Talley too. Uh, Jen and Derek Talley, they pastor that church, but Jen Talley, she's another one that made a huge difference in my life later on. Also, there's a, the most recent one is in a Madeira Beach, M-A-D-I-E-R-A Beach, Florida. Yeah, if you're in the vicinity, I highly encourage you. Heart for Awakening and Revival. He has two books that are awesome. Uh, My personal favorite is Revival Hunger. When I read that book, I swear I read it like five times and I highlighted and wrote in it and it so resonated with me and what I had experienced. Then there's another one called Fire. Catch the Fire, I believe that's what it's called. Go to the church website. I believe you can get those books there and other places as well. I don't know. He doesn't even know I'm doing this podcast, but it's his birthday the day that I was asked to do this podcast. And I found that it was just extremely fatherly of God to want to do that. Also, he has a podcast. It's called Engage Heaven Today, by the way. Listen, give it a five-star rating and write a good review for him, would you please? Um, Man, yes, please do that. I listen to his podcast every day and I haven't missed one. Even though he took a break for a while, it used to be called Engaging Heaven Today. Now it's Engage Heaven Today. I've never missed one since it started. And my routine Monday through Friday is in the morning. I'll push play and I'll put it on repeat. And uh, that particular day on his birthday, the title of it was Say. That's my whole my whole love language with the Lord is, is words and his words that he says to me and how seriously he's put on my life to be conscientious of my words and what I say because words are containers of power. They contain life or death. The Bible says life and death are in the tongue. The words of life that were spoken to me in that little note back in the year 2000, 21 years ago, and he would have been 21 years old because he turned 42 this week, they changed everything. All of the negative words that have been spoken over me prior to that, that one little note, it was like it just took water and just extinguished any of the flamey darts, fiery darts that were being thrown at me, just got smoldered, (laughs) is that a word? Completely extinguished because of that one word of love and it pierced my heart and it caused me to no matter how my situation looked as God was processing his love through my life and and working through my life in ways to heal my soul trauma to heal my heart so that I would have my mind transformed so that my life would be transformed so then I would be able to transform the atmospheres around me stem back to the fact that that obedient person said, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of what I'm being taught and told to do in my church. He went to that church and they did the very opposite. Everyone else was told not to ever have anything to do with me. And I really needed 
to be loved. That's all I ever wanted in my life. And I'll share my testimony with you at another time. If you're a bummer lamb, that note that I talked about earlier, I'm writing on it and it says, no matter what, God loves you and I love you. Call me, send me an email, look me up on Instagram, Facebook. I have only one account that's for people that I'm close to, but you can uh, send me a friend request on one of the other ones. Send me a message, send me an email. I put it down in the uh, description here and share this with friends. I want to be able to use this as just a means to reach out to that, that one lost one to let you know that it's never too late for grace and you matter to God. And there's no end to the depth of love and knowledge and revelation you can, and relationship that you can go with him. You can go as deep in God as you want to go. I hope that uh, you're having a great beginning of the Christmas season. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait till this next podcast. I'm going to tell you about why I love Christmas so much. And even though I believed in Santa, probably until I got married and he didn't show up, <laughs> I always related Santa with Jesus and how much God must love me whenever I got gifts at Christmas. And there's a reason why. There's an important reason why. Because I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I always, 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 I loved God. I knew he, he was real. I knew God was real, and I knew Jesus was real because I knew it in my spirit. I had a praying grandmother. All you praying grandmothers out there, don't you stop. All right, till next time. Love you guys.